Hello, and welcome to Making a House a Home, the brand new podcast that is brought to you by Housing Europe, the European Federation of Public, Cooperative and Social Housing. My name is Michalis Goodis, and in the beginning of every month, we are reaching out to you from Brussels, where the fast-paced conversation around a number of issues that are related to affordable housing. Tune in on our website, www.housingeurope.eu, or on our profile on Mixcloud to get the latest episode on your computer or mobile device. Episode 2 today, and our focus point will be cities. As we're becoming increasingly an urban species, according to the writer and journalist Doc Saunders, what is the role of affordable housing in the urbanized environment? What are the dynamics of the relationship between public cooperative and social housing providers and the local authorities at European and at global level? We will be discussing all that with two excellent guests right after a short music pause. Home, the monthly podcast brought to you by Housing Europe, the European Federation of Public, Cooperative and Social Housing. I'm Michal Goodis and I'm happy to welcome in our office that has once again been transformed into a studio, Agatha Krause, Policy Advisor on Housing and Social Affairs of EuroCities, which is of course uh, the, na- the network of major European cities. Agatha, welcome. It's nice to have you again with us as Agatha, uh, for the ones who don't know, used to be a colleague of ours here at Housing Europe. Welcome again. Thank you. Uh, we wanted to have uh, you with us today as a follow-up to the Social Affairs Forum of EuroCities that took place last month in Gothenburg in Sweden. Uh, could you please summarize the main outcomes or rather, let's say, the policy recommendations of this uh, high-level policy event? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, the Eurocities is a network of major European cities. We have over 140 members, and overall we do represent 130 million people. Uh, we work across various areas of policy, uh, culture, mobility, environment, um, and indeed social affairs, economic development, and smart cities. And we overall, we facilitate learning experience between cities and represent cities' interests. 
towards the European Union. And we had indeed a social affairs forum that took place on the 25th and 26th of October in Gothenburg. Um, and this is where we discussed the role of cities in promoting more social Europe mm -hmm. and delivering on the European pillar of social rights. Um, overall, cities welcome initiative that is the pillar and they look forward to engaging with the European Commission on development and implementation of the pillar, especially because we have um, our expertise and knowledge and on the subjects, on various subjects relating to social policy. Mm -hmm. um, because we also have this experience, we call for better involvement in decision-making on social Europe mm -hmm. um, on the pillar, including policy monitoring and implementation. So cities would like to be better involved in the pillar in general. Uh, cities do appreciate the Commission's ambition to rebalance social economic objectives mm -hmm. and improve the governance in this matter um, at the EU level. Um, it's important to recognize that cities already, they work hard to design and deliver employment and social inclusion and welfare measures, also affordable housing policies and services to all citizens. Um, they stand up for society's most vulnerable persons and also for the society in general and grant access to all to quality services such as childcare, healthcare and housing. Um, we also observe that there is a need for the European institutions to change the economic model to support, to mm -hmm. better support social investment and to better support people-oriented and people-centered policies and services. It includes dedicating resources from the European structural investment funds to implement the social pillar and to better channel resources already available directed to the local level where they are needed the most. This is the most important indeed challenge from now on, because in the meantime, the pillar was officially proclamated uh, last week in the, the social summit that took place again mm -hmm. uh, in Sweden. So now we have the text and uh, the challenge is how to implement, as you rightly mm -hmm. mentioned. Uh, you reported actually from the special workshop that was dedicated on access to housing assistance, again in the EuroCities event. There, uh, the president of Housing Europe, Cedric van Stiefendel, was the keynote speaker. What are your main takeaways from this debate between uh, our president and uh, the members of uh, EuroCities? Mm -hmm. So, during uh, the workshop on the right to housing, uh, municipalities express the need to reinforce the right to housing for all mm -hmm. at EU level. Uh, so the key messages from the workshop includes that uh, the cities recognize growing pressure on social services and social affordable housing providers in the light of post-crisis legacy. So it seems like the, the reflection of the crisis is still there. Mm -hmm. Cities acknowledge housing assistance is needed not only for those most vulnerable, such as homeless and disabled persons, but also for low-income groups. Um, we aspire to cooperate better with social services uh, providers and for public housing companies, as they safeguard access to essential services and housing supply at local level. Um, cities at the same time call for um, decision makers to consider housing spending as an investment in the European economic framework, such as Stability and Growth Pact, and to remove definition of social housing from the state aid package, which is seen as an obstacle in investment in affordable housing in general. 
um, cities demand greater political support for construction of affordable housing and for the ideas of social mix. So the bottom line is there is still not enough affordable homes in Europe. Indeed, an important uh, conclusion, I would say, from this debate. And as Cedric talked about, uh, I guess, a lot about uh, the state of housing, the current state of housing in the EU, um, that highlighted actually very clearly the key role that cities have to play. Uh, let me ask you, what is the state of housing today from the city's perspective? Mm -hmm. um, so with regard to state of housing in the EU, um, I believe there is no significant difference between what Housing Europe members and Eurocities members, which are cities, observe. Mm -hmm. uh, we are all aware about decreasing housing affordability in general and decreasing access to affordable housing in metropolitan areas due to high level of rents. For instance, um, there is a major affordability problem in London's private rented uh, sector, and it concerns quantity of housing available in London, low quality of private rental, in London and low security of tenure. So for instance, according to mayor's housing strategy, uh, there is a need for around 50,000 homes, new homes each year until 2034 or 2035. Mm -hmm. And it's important to know that 30% of uh, homes on the private rental market are considered non-decent. And also London's market, rental market, and um, in the UK, um, housing rental market is considered as one of the least regulated in Europe in comparison, for instance, with France, Germany, USA, and even Scotland has much tougher and more strategic regulation to protect um, renters. Um, so that's one aspect. Um, so we know that as a result of crisis, local budgets have shrunk and less affordable housing has been built. Uh, coupled with um, increasing construction prices and scarcity of land, this poses naturally a challenge to local authorities to carry out investment in affordable housing on Greenland. Mm -hmm. Regardless that uh, cities are successful in implementing, um, of implementing um, affordable housing programs and applying for European resources. For instance, um, there is greenfield investment carried out in Poznań, the city of Poznań, that is founded by EIB. And the, uh, the investment aims to deliver 1,100 affordable flats over four years period, which is quite ambitious. Quite ambitious, yeah. Uh, quite ambitious goal. It's for the persons who cannot access social housing, municipal housing in Poland, or cannot take a mortgage. Mm -hmm. And it's both for rental housing and affordable housing for the right to buy. So the cities, they still try to, um, in spite of scarcity resources, they try to invest in affordable housing. Um, actually, on the subject of greenfield investment, Eurocities, uh, coupled with UNECE, mm -hmm. an organized roundtable with the cities uh, in order to discuss strategy used by cities to deliver affordable housing. So main takeaways from this event is that cities value land they own. They engage in land assembly programs, such as um, cities of Vienna and Glasgow, and they try to embrace um, increase of uh, prices of land. Mm -hmm. And this is an important trend that we observe for the moment. Um, for instance, in post-crisis, uh, the, uh, uh, the land prices uh, rose around 50% between 2009-2013 in the city of Vienna, but for instance, around 300% post-crisis in the city of Barcelona. And the cities, um, they use spatial policy tools, master planning, zoning plans, 
urban development agreements in Vienna, planning obligation in the United Kingdom to tie land management with provision of affordable housing and to frame the relationships with private actors. Um, that being said, the city still emphasized there is a there is a range of bottlenecks in long-term investment in affordable mm. housing, such as land, for instance, contaminated land, urban or technical aspects, such as availability of infrastructure. And as I mentioned before, competition rules and current state aid regulation uh, pose a challenge for local authorities to better engage in provision of affordable housing. Um, these bottlenecks were discussed in the context of Eurocity's workshop on a long-term investment in affordable housing with uh, um, representatives of uh, Council of Europe Development Banks and Austrian National Bank. Um, on the other hand, cities observe the quality of housing stock in urban areas is also very problematic, especially in terms of energy efficiency, but also others such as access to sanitary facilities, which adds up to uh, inactive or inhabitable housing stock across cities in Europe, which is particularly apparent issue in Southern Europe. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, it's naturally difficult to assume that the picture is exactly the same in every city in Europe. Um, different cities represent different ways of accessing um, affordable housing, which is bound with variety of so-called so housing governance models, and which is very well grounded in local contexts and traditions. Indeed, because housing markets in the end are very local, so you have, we have to observe them at local level. So if I can summarize, I would keep the keywords regulation, land, investment, competition rules, and maybe inactive stock, as you pointed out. So we're in Brussels and we're discussing with Agatha Kraus, a policy advisor on housing and social affairs of Eurocities, the network of major European cities, and we'll be right back with you after a very short break. So we know that uh, Eurocities has a working group dedicated to housing. You mentioned uh, the outcomes of uh, your work there uh, a few times, in which you're, of course, very closely involved. What is on your plate at the moment, let's say? What are the main concerns of uh, the cities you represent when it comes to housing? You already mentioned uh, a few points uh, concerning the state of housing, but what would be the priorities in uh, bullet points? Mm -hmm. um, indeed, there is Eurocities working group on housing that I'm coordinating. And the group consists of municipalities strongly interested in the subject of housing. And this group aims to aid knowledge exchange and policy transfer between cities and be between the cities and European institutions. Mm -hmm. So chair of the working group is the city of Vienna and the vice chair is the city of Barcelona. And the two cities represent very different dynamics of investment in affordable housing. Indeed. So um, Working group is primarily dedicated to governance of affordable housing. So we're looking into various models of provision of affordable housing across cities and countries, actors and relationships involved. We had two meetings this year. Um, one meeting was on the role of housing associations, such as limited profit, uh, profit housing corporations in Austria, in Vienna. Um, and these corporations or these associations um, are uh, forced to reinvest their profit into affordable housing. Mm -hmm. Another meeting was on rent stabilization measures in cities and took place just last week in uh, Barcelona. 
Um, I organized a two-day seminar titled Smart Housing in a Smart City mm. in the context of the World Congress of Smart Cities, also called uh, Smart Cities Expo. And over two days, we had four politicians and city technicians demonstrating that smart cities are not only about projects on techno technological solutions, energy efficiency, digitalization and others, but also about socially inclusive housing policies and that being smart is indeed being social. Um, and during this event, uh, this event was about acknowledging that we need to act on the fact that at least 30% of Europeans struggle to access housing, which also in means introducing measures to al that allow mitigating negative dynamics on housing markets in Europe. Let me now close this first part of our episode with one final, more personal, I would say, uh, rather point, uh, based on your personal background in geography and spatial planning. Given the fact that the majority of the world population will be living in cities by 2050, according also to the UN, but also other institutions, what do you think are the keys to deliver uh, affordable quality housing uh, in the future cities? What elements should not be missing, let's say, uh, from the strategy of any city? Um, Problems with housing affordability result from many factors. Uh, some of them are local, relating to local budgets, models of housing governance, skills, abilities, land, and so on and so on. Um, other relates to bigger issues, structural ones, uh, economic and social ones. And as long as we don't address the, the latter, the structural ones, we cannot effectively address the problem of housing affordability. Um, there is a need, in my view, for a long-term vision for housing in Europe across all level of public administration and beyond. Regardless uh, that um, the ways to address the problem of affordable housing in future cities can differ in each context, I, in my view, only long-lasting political support and uh, towards increasing housing affordability and consequence in the realization of this goal, um, also in an in integrated manner, um, can bring about a change in the long run. Thank you very much. Agatha Krause, Policy Advisor on Housing and Social Affairs of EuroCities, the network of major European cities. Thank you very much for joining me today here at Making a House a Home. Thank you. Stay with us because right after a short musical break, we'll be back talking, taking our discussion at a more global level, one year after the Habitat 3 conference in Quito.
the second part of this second episode of uh, Making a House a Home, the monthly podcast that is brought to you by Housing Europe, the European Federation of Public, Cooperative and Social Housing. Our second guest for today is Özgür Öner, the head of the EU office of GDW, the Federal Association of German Housing and Real Estate uh, Companies. GDW is, of course, a member organization of Housing Europe, and Özgür is also chair of the Housing Europe Working Committee on Urban Affairs. Özgür, warm welcome. I'm happy because you will be able to help us thanks to both of your roles. Uh, it's been a year since Habitat 3, the United Nations Conference on Housing and Sustainable Urban Development that takes place every 20 years and shapes the global urban agenda. Since you had the chance, you were lucky, uh, one of the very few lucky ones to be there last year, I wanted you to share with our listeners your main takeaways from Quito one year ago. Thank you very much, Michalis. I'm, uh, it, was, it, it was really a, a big event and it was also a big challenge for 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 housing europe to be mm-hmm. present at uh, at quito and to at least to to bring in to bring in our main points in different discussions but let me give you some some roughly some roughly figures more than 30000 people participants took part from 167 countries mm-hmm. in the habitat 3 conference in quito Uh, last year in October, and uh, more than a thousand conferences organized by cities, municipalities, regions, uh, but also from member states and uh, uh, in the United States, mm-hmm. uh, United uh, United Nations, Nations organized, yeah. organized. And of course, it was the launch then uh, of the new urban agenda yeah. of the United Nations. For us, the Habitat 3 conference and the Habitat 3 declaration was quite uh, what was quite successful as housing europe and within housing europe and the urban affairs uh, committee we worked very closely with the un uh, secretariat on habitat 3 and unece and we uh, we provided uh, the un in a very early stage with positions with uh, figures with political needs of the housing sector And so I was quite happy to to find of many of our points within the declaration. Mm-hmm. Positive uh, from our point, from the housing point, is of course the paragraph 31, which uh, calls on local governments uh, to introduce housing policy. You have to take uh, uh, into account that in many countries there is even no housing policy. Yeah. Instead, uh, and so. Uh, the, calling governments, calling cities for introducing housing policy was quite a, a success for us. It's the big first step. It's the big first step. But then also in paragraph 33, the recognition of different housing forms, mm-hmm. so uh, which is stated in the declaration. So it's not, all, it's not this focus which we, which we have noticed in many In many papers on home ownership, if people are thinking, governments are thinking of housing policy uh, and, and, and trying to concentrate more on home ownership. No, it's now really the balance between home ownership and countries and systems who are also in favor and promoting a rental housing mm-hmm. policy. And then finally, a third paragraph, 46 
An obligation to support the value of affordable and sustainable housing, especially and particularly in, uh, in prospering urban areas. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, that was uh, a quite big success for us at a very high political and, of course, abstract level, which has to be uh, now break down uh, at European and, of course, at national and then regional, regional and local level. level. Mm -hmm. That uh, that is the that is the duty to do or the 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 homeworks we all have to do. What we are still missing uh, also in the declaration was uh, is the recognition of the necessity of housing organisations. Mm -hmm. You know, housing policy and 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 praying that housing is necessary is one point, but which which are the tools we can use for that? And housing organisations and the housing structures to provide ho housing, to provide home, to provide social and affordable housing, for that you need a certain kind of structure. Yeah. And we have proved in uh, the European level that uh, that companies and uh, our member companies in Germany, member companies of Housing Europe, uh, throughout, Euro uh, throughout Europe, they have proved to be efficient. And you need these instruments and tools to implement housing, uh, um, efficient housing policy. And uh, which is also lacked or missed, is missing from our point of view is that all countries need a professional and efficient, efficient housing providers for social affordable housing and something which does not really exist in all member states uh, of the United Nations, a regulatory framework for housing. Yeah. And uh, which defines also a minimum quality and standards and level of rent, of course, and which defines also um, the financial support, the need of uh, the need of financial support. The Habitat Three Declaration is not binding, but of course, it it requires the voluntary engagement of countries to reach the objectives. Uh, to reach the objectives, and in 2017, the United Nations UN, UNECE will present an implementation plan for the UNEC countries and Housing Europe is part of this work to create and to work on this implementation plan and this implementation plan will give recommendations to member states uh, on concrete actions to fulfill the Habitat 3 goals and in this process we are right now. Exactly, and one of the meetings of the UNEC and exactly, specifically the Committee of Housing and Land Management that was taking place this week actually, the first couple, the first week of November, and Housing Europe and uh, other organizations uh, close to us have been in Geneva uh, exactly mm -hmm. for that. As you said uh, very correctly already, the new urban agenda that has been adopted and endorsed uh, by the UN General Assembly is not a binding document that anyway all uh, puts housing in the center. How does this now translate into the actual urban policies that will be implemented by the various countries and mainly cities? What is the, the challenge from now on, the next mm. very concrete steps? From a European point of view, we are quite lucky. Mm -hmm. We are quite lucky as the European Union and the European Commission has started already works on, on an urban agenda, the European, uh, the urban agenda for the European mm -hmm. Union. And uh, so Europe, European Union and member states of the European Union are quite ahead of the movement. Uh, 
So the UERM agenda has defined already goals <coughs> and uh, 12 thematic actions, which fits perfectly in the framework of the uh, United Nations new urban agenda. So as an example, Housing Europe is involved in the thematic action field of housing partnership. And this housing partnership enables local authorities, governments, but also stakeholders, organizations like we, like Housing Europe, uh, to bring in our our thoughts, to bring in our yeah, um, and also our consider uh, our points into consideration in terms of subsidies, in terms of of a general framework and understanding of uh, service of general general economic interest. In in we are talking with different cities and uh, regions on affordability and what is affordability. And of course, we are producing a concrete list of necessary actions and demands towards the European Commission. What is necessary to what is what would be necessary to 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 do? And so, so we have already uh, published a list of of of. Uh, request towards the Commission, especially in in, a, in in terms of a revision of the competition rules, yeah. which makes for some member states uh, the provision of social housing and affordable housing uh, difficult or brings uh, the provision in danger. Exactly. So these, uh, and it's important that the European Commission itself participates in the partnership. So it's a platform that indeed, as you said correctly, mm -hmm. brings together uh, the civil society, the European Commission and other important players like the cities, the European Investment Bank, uh, Bank and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, soon, uh, on the other hand, uh, Jean Clos, the head of the UN Habitat, along with Professor Richard Senet, uh, Saskia Sassen and Ricky Berdet, are publishing their book, which is called Towards an Open City. Mm -hmm. This is based actually on the work uh, that has been done before and during uh, Habitat 3, uh, back then under the name uh, the Quito Papers. And what they say actually is that uh, this is supposed to be their own manifesto for the urban future and a response, in a way, uh, to the 1933 Charter of Athens mm -hmm. that was then published by uh, Le Corbusier. And... Going now to this more global perspective, I would like to ask you, what is your personal uh, interpretation of this idea, the rather general idea, the open city? Mm. What is the open city to you? The open city as a concept is, is uh, from my point of view, is a base, basic condition for cities, municipalities, for urban development, special, spatial uh, planning. It is um, modern cities modern cities and municipalities, they face similar challenges mm -hmm. in terms of demographic changes, in terms of cultural changes, in terms of economic changes. And the concept of, uh, of open cities brings together in a perfect way all these challenges that asking and requiring cities to stay open for new innovative ideas. That means, um, of course, if a city is, 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 is placed in an isolated place in somewhere in the world, in the country, no one is coming in, no one is leaving, then you don't need it. Yeah. But the reality, the reality in European cities is migration, not only external migration, but also internal migration, is the cohabitation of, of different generations of different cultures, rural cultures, city uh, and then of course more urban cultures, 
And we do have already very, very good examples of open city models. If we look at, <coughs> at big metropolitan areas, for instance, like in London, but also, of course, in, uh, in Paris, you can't really, in a mixed culture, in a mixed society, follow ideas which are 60, 70, or 80 years old. You have yeah. to take into account that uh, needs are changing. You have to take into account that uh, different population, different cultures have different needs, and that is the general concept of open, uh, of open cities, which I, uh, which I appreciate very much. And I'm very much looking forward uh, to the publication of this book and to see what our colleagues have yeah. written down uh, written down and what they are teaching us. So exactly, just on, just an open city can address this constantly changing uh, effect in the in the big and the, the smaller cities. And what would be if somebody would ask you to write your own manifesto or your own charter, let's say, for the urban development of the future? What would be the the main elements? Where would you start from? That's a uh, that's a very good it's a very good question and uh, I can I can tell you it wouldn't be a book yeah something very very simple very simple and very easy it is the uh, it is the availability of uh, decent social and affordable housing for all mm -hmm. wherever it's needed and of course it's uh, it's it's based on safe and livable neighborhoods, enabling people to be an active part of society and guaranteeing a decent and reasonable life. That as a social right, as a human right for everyone uh, in, 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 in the society. So indeed, going back to basics. Going back to basics and going back also to, to a Housing Europe campaign on housing for all. And that is, uh, that is, you know, in each member state we do have different systems. And then within the different systems, different uh, philosophies, mm -hmm. we can find ways, different ways, at least to reach these goals. But yeah. this goal of decent, affordable housing, available uh, housing, Social housing and, and an available amount, that is, uh, that is a basic condition for societies uh, and for inclusive societies. Mm -hmm. We're here with Özgür Erner, head of the EU office of GDW, the Federal Association of German Housing and Real Estate Companies, and also chair of the Housing Europe Working Committee uh, on Urban Affairs. And we're talking about the urban future and the role of affordable housing. Uh, within it. Please now let me uh, downscale from the global level and uh, focus on Germany. What are, let's say, the key challenges uh, for the urban policy one can identify today across the spectrum of German cities? What we, do, what we face in Germany since many years now is, of course, a lack of housing. Mm -hmm. And it's a continuous lack of housing. And at the one hand, and on the other hand, it's also the need of demolition of housing, and that is uh, that is something, of course, what Germany shares with other uh, European member states and with other partners uh, within Housing Europe, like in France. In the metropolitan areas, we need we do have a lack of housing, while in the rural areas or while in informally industrialized areas, we have too many houses. And so that is that is one of the characteristics. Another point is, of course, a challenge for us. <clears throat> is the inner migration within the country as well as, of course, the external migration 
due to the influx of uh, of refugees in the in the last two years and uh, then of course which something which fits also with that what we discussed before with the open city concept the changes of uh, of 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 society uh, in earlier times when we developed towns or when we uh, when we um, looked for incentives to develop towns um, it was always sure but it was always clear you have an university you do have places for students to stay that is uh, that is always a boost a cultural boost for cities you bring young motivated and of course well educated people into a town and that was a tool also to improve uh, a certain neighborhood a certain uh, city but now what we're facing is what we call in germany schwarmstädte that we do that, we still do that, but young people, for instance, in instead of living then close to the university in a certain neighborhood which we would like to develop, they decide to stay in other urban areas. Mm -hmm. We have good examples, for instance, with Berlin and Frankfurt Oder. Uh, in Frankfurt Oder, they do face a demographic problem. Students are not moving into Frankfurt Oder as it just takes half an hour by train to go to Berlin. And so the need of housing in another area increases while uh, the area where the people spend the day is lacking human beings and lacking yes. population. That is something what we are uh, what we are noticing now, but of course also the high demands on energetical refurbishment, uh, barrier-free uh, renovation uh, of of the uh, of the dwellings, and specific housing and housing forms taking uh, into account different populations of different generations students as well as the elderly <coughs> and of course uh, uh, land land for construction which uh, is 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 less and less available in urban areas where the need for new construction for new housing is is increasing this is actually a pan-European challenge, more yeah. or less. It's not just, of course, a German challenge. Uh, how is the housing <coughs> question, the housing need, the housing demand incorporated into the wider urban policies that German states, because, of course, it's a federal system, and cities in Germany are implementing? Where is, the, uh, where is housing in the urban agenda of Germany? Housing in the... In the last elections, 2013, housing was uh, a top priority mm -hmm. of the election campaign of all uh, of all political parties. In the past election campaign, it was not that uh, prominent as as an issue. But in 2013, in the election campaign, as an outcome of the 2013 election campaign, uh, political parties and the the coalition the parties. Uh, Conservative CDU and CSU and uh, Social Democrats, they have agreed to create a committee on on housing, with subcommittees on on construction costs, defining defining uh, barriers for for a constructive housing policy. One barrier is of course uh, construction costs, legal framework, regulatory framework, and so on. And they have um, they have published in 2015 a number of solutions, 
number of solutions, recommendations, what to do. Uh, now it's up to the new coalition to be, which has to be uh, formed in the in the weeks to come, uh, to fulfill or to work on these recommendations. Mm -hmm. But some of these recommendations are very reasonable. We uh, GDW has worked with other with other stakeholders and the government on these recommendations. For instance, like just a, uh, in a screening. Uh, to 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 find out to find out barriers for affordable housing. One barrier is, of course, if a municipality has to sell the land for construction mm -hmm. at the highest price, then we can't end up with affordable housing. But how to bring and how to motivate a municipality to sell the uh, to sell the to the land instead for the highest price to provide the land for the best concept that is one of the idea but of course behind this there are the there the other there there are the problems also for the municipalities if the municipality is in if the municipality has a high debt rate it has to sell it has to sell the land for the highest price mm -hmm. otherwise it is a breach of european competition <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, going down to other uh, to 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 other examples like for instance if it's really necessary to have in terms of noise insulation uh, the same rules in the inner city uh, inner city housing stock uh, as on, a, on, a, on, on the countryside, yeah. on a rural area, and so on. I think these recommendations are at least a good base for the politicians, uh, for the politicians to to work on. Uh, moreover, GDW has developed in the in the in the past years within these within the framework of this uh, governmental co committee on new models uh, and new techniques to provide affordable housing. We really learned a lot also from our Swedish partner, Sabo, in terms of, 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 of a serial production of housing, of a housing stock of buildings. And so that is something where we are working on. Uh, is it possible to produce uh, buildings in a serial, in an industrial way, mm -hmm. avoiding the mistakes of the 60s and 70s, more following the idea and, uh, of, of the automotive uh, industry, industry, yeah. industry. You know, you do have the car. If you take away the carousery of the car, all cars look the same. But that is a little bit the idea, having a serial production and giving through the design a certain kind of individual, uh, individual taste within the buildings. Indeed, this is uh, this is uh, one of the let's say the big bets, the big challenges for the future. And would you have other examples, inspiring examples, to share with other people who work in the housing sector across Europe who might be listening to us right now? Mm -hmm. uh, one inspiring example is, of course, the example of, of the city of Munich, which has uh, which has managed to to make new land for housing and social housing and affordable housing available, although there is no new land available mm -hmm. in the town. They uh, took a parking place, which is quite uh, city center located, and they built a, a housing stock, 
above the parking space, but keeping the parking space, which is quite necessary for that area. And that is quite inspiring in terms of, of being innovative, in terms of, of showing fantasy, uh, how to create, how to create uh, home and more homes um, in, in, in times of, 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 of less land available. And of course, other inspiring uh, examples are new, um, new obligations and requirements uh, by municipality when giving over uh, selling or providing land for project developers to oblige them to uh, for uh, on a certain uh, certain percentage of social or affordable housing. So via this approach municipality can at least work on a certain amount of, mm -hmm. uh, of, of more affordable housing uh, within their city. True, and addressing very key questions, including reinventing space, actually, reinventing <laughs> in space. the case of Munich. Özgürener, <laughs> head of the GDW EU office and chair of Housing Europe Working Committee on Urban Affairs, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much, Mikaris. And that was all for today. It has been the second episode of Making a House a Home, the monthly podcast brought to you by Housing Europe, the European Federation of Public, Cooperative and Social Housing. Tune in on our website, www.housingeurope.eu, or on Mixcloud to get the latest episode on your computer or mobile device. Do you have any comments, ideas, or proposals about topics we could discuss or people we could invite? Then feel free to drop us a line at info at housingeurope.eu. Michalis Goodis has produced and moderated this podcast. Until next time, in the first couple of weeks of December, take care. Bye-bye.